Hello, I'm Rob, and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 29th of March, 2023. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking dash news. As a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD, simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 we hope you enjoy this week's edition. Reading this week, we have myself Rob, Christine, Angela, Liz, Ian, Helen, Mina, Simon, and of course not forgetting, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition we have Local News for the Black Country, an update from Beacon, including the Lifestyle Newsletter for April, the quiz with Mina. With neither Wolves nor West Brom playing this week, due to an international break, we have some footballing nostalgia from the 70s. We have a Did You Know section from Flashback Roger. The weather for the week ahead. Another episode of our fortnightly feature, the 10 today gentle exercise sessions. And with April upon us, we have an article telling us why pranks and tricks are traditional on the 1st of April. Local news to start though, with Liz, Christine, Angela, but first, Helen. More than 25,000 Wolverhampton residents have now signed up for the Better Health Rewards app, giving themselves the chance to earn rewards for making healthier choices and meaning well over 10% of the city's adult population is taking part. Wolverhampton has been chosen by the Department of Health and Social Care and the Office for Health Improvement and Disparities to pilot the free scheme designed to see whether offering adults rewards and incentives will help them to eat better and increase their physical activity levels. Spaces on the pallet are rapidly filling up and anyone aged 18 and over who lives in Wolverhampton and wants to take part is encouraged to sign up now to guarantee their place and at least £40 of rewards and be able to claim a free fitness tracker. Sign-ups will close on Friday, March the 31st. John Denley, Wolverhampton's Director of Public Health, said, We've had a fantastic response to the launch of a Better Health Awards pilot here in Wolverhampton. It's great to see so many people taking part and that so many people are already earning their rewards. From money off their shopping to free cinema tickets and gym passes or money off days out. To get started, please sign up today. For more information, you can log on to the council's website, www.wolverhampton.gov.uk. And the app has a number of accessibility features for people with sight loss. A state-of-the-art £1.5 million surgical robot has been used by a surgeon to carry out a procedure at Russell's Hall Hospital for the very first time. Saeed Shazad, a consultant in neurology, performed a kidney removal and a reconstruction procedure using the Da Vinci XI system at the Dudley site. It allowed the surgeon to view the area in a magnified 3D, high-definition view, 
enhancing the accuracy and the ability to perform complex operations. Mr. Shazad said it is a great milestone in delivering advanced, minimally invasive cancer operations for people of the black country and beyond. This great initiative has enhanced the availability of cutting-edge technology to deliver high-quality cancer surgery, clearing the backlog, and will significantly reduce cancer treatment waiting times in post-COVID environment. Health leaders say the benefits of robotic surgery include a much improved recovery time for the patient and the accuracy of surgery. Robotic surgery utilizes computerized technology where the surgeon manipulates robotic arms and instruments to perform surgery with enhanced accuracy and degree of movement. The surgeon sits in an operating console from where they control the robotic arms. Diane Wake, chief executive of the Dudley Group NHS Foundation Trust, which runs the hospital, said, This is really good news for our patients across the black country, and I am really excited by this development, particularly following the opening of our hybrid theatre last month, which combines the operating theatre environment with imaging capabilities. Free toothbrushes and toothpaste will be given out to those who need them most in Wolverhampton through a £40,000 scheme by council and health bosses. The items will be distributed to people and families via charities, food banks, religious places of worship, warm spaces, strengthening families' hubs and libraries. The scheme has been launched through a partnership between Wolverhampton Council and NHS England in a bid to promote healthy behaviour and tackle tooth loss. Councillor Jasbir Jaspal, Cabinet Member for Public Health and Wellbeing, said poor oral health can lead to pain and discomfort and the impact can last a lifetime. We know that access to regular NHS dental care is challenging in a lot of areas at present, including in Wolverhampton, and that NHS England is continuing to work to recommission local dental services wherever possible. In addition, the cost of living crisis is significantly impacting on people's finances and, for many, the purchasing of toothbrushes and toothpaste may be lower down their list of priorities. So, preventing tooth decay in the first instance has never been more important. Most oral diseases can be prevented or managed by healthy behaviours like enjoying a healthy balanced diet and cleaning teeth and gums effectively using a quality toothbrush and fluoride toothpaste. We are pleased to have been able to secure £40,000 in funding which will enable us to provide toothbrushes, toothpaste and oral health information to those that are most in need over the next 12 months. Up next, we hear from Helen, who of course has for us the Beacon Update. Hi everyone, it's Helen from Beacon. I hope you're keeping well and enjoying the spring-like weather. Rain one minute and sunshine the next at the moment, isn't it? First up this week, have you heard about Beacon Court? It's an independent living facility on the site of a Beacon Centre in Sedgley. We like to think that at Beacon Court, you'll not only find a home, but personalised care and support, along with a social community that understands your needs. It's a unique partnership between Beacon and Bromford, providing independent living for those impacted by sight loss on the site of our Sedgley Centre. We currently have some properties available for rent. To find out more, call us on 01902 88. 
08011 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. This week, I know some of you may have been marking the start of Ramadan and we'd like to wish everyone observing the holy month a peaceful and blessed time. Ramadan Mubarak from everyone at Beacon. And don't forget that if you have a sight loss condition that requires you to take eye drops, it's so important to make them part of your daily routine during Ramadan. This week, we would also like to say a very big thank you to our friends at NatWest who have taken their support for Beacon to new heights after raising almost £5,000 by abseiling down the side of a custard factory in Birmingham. That's as tall as seven double-decker buses on top of each other. What an amazing achievement and we were delighted to welcome some of the NatWest representatives at our centre this week to celebrate their fantastic fundraising. And if you've got a fundraising challenge you'd like to undertake on behalf of Beacon, get in touch. Call us on 01902-880-111 or email our fundraising team at supportus at beaconvision.org. Now, TikTok, it is time to change the clock. Did you remember to put your clocks forward at the weekend? I really hope so by now, otherwise I suspect things are going badly wrong. Well, if you struggle to tell the time because of your sight loss, get in touch. Call our sight loss advisors on 01902-880-111 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org for help, advice and support. They really can help, you know, just a small thing that makes such a big difference. So do get in touch if you need a bit of support with telling the time. That's it for this week. I'll be back again soon. Bye-bye. Cheers that update, Helen. Up now, we're on our next block of local news. And starting this one off, we first hear Christine. Plans for a new £6 million leisure, entertainment and event space in Wolverhampton City Centre have been given the backing of council bosses. Due to open in 2024, Bell Street Box Space will be a designated leisure and hospitality area featuring food vendors, licensed premises and space for entrepreneurial startup companies to move into. The box space will also support the official reopening of the Civic Halls in June this year, which will bring hundreds of thousands of visitors a year to the city centre and boost the local economy by more than £10 million annually. Councillor Steve Evans, Cabinet Member for City Environment and Climate Change, told this week's Resources Panel Meeting, This is enabling us to create something that we should celebrate because Bell Street box space will be another superb addition to our city. What we are talking about is a food and beverage park that young people will like and want to access. The Neville Garrett Centre, which is in Bell Street, at the moment houses adult services, but that doesn't mean they can't relocate to somewhere else as it is an office-led service. The freehold for the centre is owned by the NHS and they don't charge us a lease or any rent at the moment, but they are going to, he added. However, an opportunity has arisen whereby we could purchase the freehold for the centre, which sits right in the middle of the Bell Street box space project, said Councillor Evans. Councillor Chris Burden, Cabinet Member for Education, Skills and Work, said, I was speaking to some catering students at the college in Bilston the other day and they were saying how much they would like to start up their own businesses. These young students will graduate from this college and they will need somewhere to work. What can we give them as a council? We can give them a captive audience somewhere they will get their food licences, their alcohol licences and their trading licences. We can put them in a self-contained unit where they will be able to rent from us a non-parochial, non-aggressive landlord. 
This project has already captured the public's attention. A lot of my constituents have emailed me to say how excited they are about it. People have been saying, imagine if we could have a big screen up here for the Euros, have Wimbledon and the golf on. People are talking about this before it has even been built and they are wanting to do business there. Cabinet Resources members all voted in favour of the proposals. Police have urged people to be aware of the fake DVLA emails which are once again circulating. An officer from a Safer Neighbourhood team issued the warning to people who may come across fake emails purporting to be from the DVLA. PCSO Jacqueline Fletcher said the emails often come with the title Vehicle Tax Status Unpaid and may carry a realistic-looking government logo, but the sender's email address will not look genuine. She said the message will then tell you that your payment has failed, so your vehicle is not taxed. A clickable link will follow in the message, which, once opened, asks the recipient to update their bank details and personal information. Please do not click that link. Just delete or mark it as spam and you can always forward a copy to report at phishing.gov.uk. Meanwhile, anyone who believes they have been scammed on PayPal can check to see if the payment is still pending, in which they can cancel payment and get an instant refund. Another common type of scam used by fraudsters on PayPal is the refund scam, PCSO Fletcher added. The scammer buys an item from you but makes an overpayment for the goods. Having told you they overpaid by oversight, they request a refund of that part of the payment. In many cases, they ask for the payment to be sent to a third account after claiming the original account is closed. So the seller sends a refund, delivers the item, assuming all is well. But in reality, the buyer is a fraudster and was spending money on a stolen credit card or a hacked PayPal account. In essence, this is just another form of wire fraud. For more information, visit actionfraud.police.uk. An adopted black countryman has discovered that he has a long-lost sister after 77 years of living as a single child. Michael Hansen, 77, from Wolverhampton, discovered his missing sibling after he found lost documents tracing his family lineage back to before the Second World War. Mr Hansen was born in a military hospital in Tel el-Kabir, Egypt, to Mary Watkins and Alexander Ward Simpson near the end of the war. When he arrived home, he was put up for adoption and was taken to Wolverhampton to be with his new family. Now, the Wolverhampton man has learned that his sister, 85-year-old Judy Comlin, was born at a military hospital in RAF Cranwell, Lincolnshire, prior to the war. Mr Hansen said, It was such a huge shock finding out that I have had a sister all this time. I have always been on my own, really, so finding out that I have this new sibling is really exciting. We have had a few conversations by phone and have met up and she is absolutely fantastic. It's overwhelming, really. It's made me a more complete person, a definite peace of mind. Judy Comlin, a mother of two with five grandchildren who still lives in Lincolnshire, said, Oh, it's amazing, really. The first few times we spoke, he was so emotional. All I can say is that he is absolutely lovely, and I really wish that I had known him sooner than now. It must be even more poignant for Michael as he had grown up knowing almost no biological family. It must be so emotional for him. 
Mr. Hansen, a retired engineer for the aircraft component manufacturer Doughty Bolton Pool, said, It's absolutely fantastic, really. I started off as just myself and my adoptive parents. I went on to have my own family and grandchildren, and now the family has gotten even larger. It's a weird feeling as I was pretty much on my own when I was growing up, but it has given me a really big appreciation for family. It's absolutely amazing. Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition, and they're brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, these are your questions. Here we go. Question 1. How old is the oldest canal in Britain? Question 2. What is the name of the largest canal tunnel? Question 3. Over which river does the largest aqueduct carry its canal? Question 4. How many locks are on the UK's largest lock float? Question 5. What is the name of the UK's largest canal? And finally, question 6. What did a group of British waterway workers forget in 1978? I will be back with you with the answers later, but for now, best of luck. Coming up next on this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News, we have another block of local news. Did you remember to change your clocks on Sunday morning? Well, you'd be forgiven for thinking all's not quite tickety-boo in the black country, as there's a possibility Wolverhampton may be stuck in some kind of time warp. It was brought to the Express and Star's attention that quite a lot of the clocks in the city centre are showing the wrong time. While it's possible that this is the case in a lot of towns and cities, where old clocks sit unused on high buildings, we were left wondering if others had noticed this strange phenomenon. With that in mind, the Express and Star went out a few weeks ago to find out once and for all if it is indeed time for Wolverhampton to face up to its clock crisis. This is what we found. We were relieved to find more working clocks than expected. But you're not here to read about the clocks that work. Exhibit A. Queen's Building, opposite the bus station, formerly a Costa Coffee. At 11.13am, the clock standing high over Wolverhampton for everyone to see read 5.25. Next is the clock at a business based inside St Mark's Church, Chapel Ash. A clock at the base of the steeple, which can be seen from St Peter's Church, read 12.15 at 11.49am. A furniture shop on Waterloo Road, Interiors Italia, sits under another incorrect clock, reading 7.51 at 11.41am. Close by, the clock above H&T pawnbrokers always shows 9.25, whatever the time of day. It remained unnoticed by one staff member who didn't even know it was there. This next one is particularly creative. The face of a once-functioning electrical clock above Hens Jewellers was replaced on both sides with the shop's logo three years ago. 
It was given to the jewellers by Omega in 2003 and told the time until 2020, but the parts needed to get it working again were found to be discontinued. I know it didn't take me an hour and 40 minutes to walk round the corner. The four clocks sitting atop of Betfred show a different time depending on where you're standing. We've also been reliably informed that two clocks on the A41 coming into the city are wrong as well. Speaking of wrong, we'd be bad sports if we produced an article about incorrect clocks and didn't admit that one of our own isn't accurate. So we hold our hands up. While the Castle Street clocks on either side of the bridge showed the correct time, the old clock on Queen Street did not. On Tuesday, it told passers-by that the time was 10.18, but not on my watch, which read 11.10. Then again, even a broken clock is right twice a day. It's only fair to recognise the clocks that are correct, or close enough at least. St Peter's Church is only a minute late, reading 11.23am. The Beatty's clock is three minutes slow. Outside Ruddles, the clock is almost right on time, just a minute slow. Wolverhampton Magistrates Court said at 12.02pm that the time was 11.56am. That makes it six minutes early. But it could be worse. City Archives by Molyneux Stadium said the time was 11.27am. I took the photo at 11.29am, meaning the clock is just two minutes slow. But again, it could be worse. We did ask the owners of the buildings with clocks showing the incorrect times if they wanted to comment, but they declined our invitation. Next up, we have the Lifestyle Newsletter for April, providing you with all the information of the goings-on, events and activities happening here at the Beacon Centre. Hi readers, hope you're okay and welcome to Beacon's Lifestyle Newsletter for April 2023. This year is flying. Happy spring. What a strange March we have had every type of weather I think we've had in March. Let's hope for some more sunshine in April. One of my favourite months, I like to admit. Oh, I love the spring. I would like to just thank the book club members for all the recommendations for the books they've asked me to read. I am loving the different genres they've introduced me to and it's a whole new world. I was always stuck on biographies and wouldn't move and I've been reading some wonderful novels. If you'd like to tell me or our wonderful readers what books you are reading, it would be great to see you at our next book club. I really hope to see you soon. Would you like to book on any of the April sessions or chat to me about activities? My drop-in session this month is Tuesday the 4th of April in the Residence Lounge at Beacon Court. And just to remind you, if you'd like to receive this newsletter in a different format, please contact the Beacon on 01902 or email mspears at beaconvision.org. This month's picture on the front of the newsletter is some daffodils. Have a great month. Monthly Sessions Thursday the 6th of April. It's book club at the Beacon Centre Sedgley in the residence lounge from 11am until 12. Cost is £2. Invoiced by Beacon. It's relaxed, fun social group discussing the latest books we've read, sharing ideas and thoughts over a brew. Wednesday the 12th of April. There will be swimming at Burt Williams Centre Bilston. WV fourteen zero EF from ten forty five till eleven forty five with a private lane in the pool just for beacon users. All abilities are welcome. Trips cost is six pounds invoiced by Beacon. Minibus cost is five pounds and departs at ten fifteen AM. 
Beacon to Bilston and back at 1pm. Lockers are a pound or a trolley coin. Friday the 14th of April. Walking the Northway, surrounding fields, roads and exploring the area. This walk is on pavements, hills, fields and near busy roads. Leaving Beacon at 11am, we will walk 3-4 to four miles. Cost is £2, invoiced by Beacon, weather permitting. Monday the 17th of April, tandem bike ride at Bobbington Airport and the surrounding country roads, DY7 5DY, 10.30am to 1pm. Bikes are provided and experienced lead riders will support you. The trip cost is £3, invoiced by Beacon. Minibus costs £7. Departing at 10am and returning at 1.30pm. Weather permitting. Friday the 21st of April. We have 10 pin bowling at Castlegate Dudley. DY1 40A. From 11am to 1pm. All abilities are welcome with a friendly, fun atmosphere for social bowling. The trip cost is £2. Invoiced by Beacon, £6.45 per game to be paid at the bowling alley on the day. Minibus cost is £5 and departs at 10.30am. Beacon to Castlegate and back at 2pm. Monday the 24th of April. We have another swimming session at Burke Williams Centre Bilston, WV14 0EF. From 10.45 till 11.45, cost is £6 and invoiced by Beacon. Minibus cost is £5 and departs at 10.15am Beacon to Bilston and back at 1pm. Lockers are a pound or a trolley coin. Wednesday the 26th of April sees Mary's Movement Class, a seated and or standing class working the whole body with cardio weights and strengths for your ability. It's fun, friendly fitness with music of your choice from 10.15am to 11.15am based in the gym at the Beacon Centre and the cost is £4.50 invoiced by Beacon. Friday the 28th of April. Walking at West Park, Wolverhampton, WV1 4PH. From 11am till 12 for a leisurely walk and 12 till 1 to catch up in the cafe. Take it at your own pace and distance. Meeting at the Connaught Gate entrance point. Trip cost is £2. Invoiced by Beacon. Minibus cost is £5 and departs at 10.30am Beacon to West Park and back at 1.30pm. Volunteer guides are available, so please do request when you book. We have a running guide attending if you are interested in trying out running. Weather permitting. One-to-one walks are now available. Mary is your guide. She can support you from where you live for a 60-minute walk. Various days and times are available. £22 per hour, invoiced by Beacon. Please contact Mary directly on 01902 880 or org. Please make sure you book activities and leave a contact number. All activities must be booked in advance. Unfortunately, due to non-attendance on the day of activities, any no-shows will be charged the cost of the activity and transport unless you have cancelled giving 48 hours notice. Please be aware we do have waiting lists and by not telling us you are not coming along, 
you may be stopping someone else from enjoying an activity. What's on this month? Wellbeing Project Head for Health will be starting a six-week course on Thursday the 13th of April in the Residence Lounge at the Beacon Centre. The sessions will run from 10.30am to 12. The project aims to help improve both physical and mental health well-being of adults aged 18 years and over. This course will allow all individuals to talk and receive support in a safe and relaxed environment. The workshops will look to help by including sessions on awareness, signs, symptoms, coping and support. Further dates will be 20th and 27th of April and 4th, 11th and 18th of May. This is a free course and open to everyone. Monday 17th of April, cooking at the Beacon Lifestyle Centre from 2 to 4pm. You will be cooking chilli con carne or vegetable chilli with rice and a fruit layered dessert. All ingredients are provided. Just remember to bring a tub so you can take it home with you. Cost is £10 per session. Wednesday 19th of April, line dancing at the Beacon Gym from 11am to 12. A fun, friendly session led by an experienced instructor. Cost is £5, invoiced by Beacon. Minimum number required. Monday 24th of April, cooking at the Beacon Lifestyle Centre from 2 to 4pm. You will be cooking fish cakes or cheese and sweet corn bakes and a fruit crumble dessert. All ingredients are provided. Just remember to bring a tub so you can take it home with you. Cost is £10 per session. Petting Zoo. The petting zoo is now fully booked for the session starting on the 18th of April. We are now taking bookings for the course starting in June. It will run on Wednesdays from 1.30pm to 2.30pm and will start on the 7th of June for six weeks. VIP Group. We are a group of working-age people and or people who live independently with sight loss. We meet once a month for social gatherings. We are a friendly bunch that likes to try new activities, build friendships and encourage others to live life to the full. On Wednesday, the 26th of April, from 12pm to 2.30pm, there will be a VIP group meeting and meal at the Newbridge Stonehouse Carvery on Tetnall Road, Wolverhampton. WV60JU. There will be a full menu available from the carvery to a pizza, so there will be plenty of options to choose from. Prices will vary. Everyone is welcome, and we'd love to hear your ideas for future VIP activities. The trip cost is £3, invoiced by Beacon, and you will need to book your place in advance with Mary. Transport is available from Beacon and back at a cost of £5, leaving at 11 40 and returning at 2.30pm. Well, what happened last month? Well, it was all aboard the Beacon minibus. Our swimming crew enjoyed a few fun outings over at Bilston Swimming Bath last month. 60 minutes in the pool, all in the comfort and leisure of our own private lanes. Many were nervous, some were anxious, but they'd been their first trip. But Mary spent time with them individually, explaining the layout of the changing rooms, the pool, and answered any questions that they had. All of our swimmers love visiting the pool twice a month as it helps to build up their fitness, to walk without support and to burn some calories with less stress and less impact on bones and joints. We have swimming aids available, lots of support whilst in the water and also a hoist if needed. We're a really friendly bunch and we'd love for you to join us too. 
Why not chat with Mary and join us on one of our trips? You can email her on mspears, and I'll spell that, M-S-P-I-E-R-S, mspears at beaconvision.org or call 01902-880-111. If you need help with sight loss, then filter glasses might help you. Filter glasses are a range of glasses specially for sight loss, designed to protect your eyes from harmful UV rays and reduce glare and bright light, and also improve contrast as well. They make things clearer to see and your eyes more comfortable. They can either be worn on their own, or you can wear them over your existing prescription glasses. Wearing a sun hat or a baseball cap or a sun visor can also help too. So if you'd like to try the range of Cocoon filter glasses and find the right lens and frame to make life a bit more comfortable for you, then call Beacon Sight Loss Advisors for an appointment. You can call on 01902 880 and ask for a sight loss advisor. Are you interested? Wednesday, 5th of May, who fancies a trip to Bridge North Garden Centre? Or a 1980s night of nostalgia at Dudley Town Hall on Friday the 16th of June? How about the Petting Zoo? There are still spaces for the six-week course running on Wednesday, 7th, 14th, 21st and 28th of June, plus the 5th and 12th of July from 1.30 to 2.30pm. Also in June and July, there'll be a chance to take up Crown Green Lawn Bowls. For more information, contact Mary Spears on mspears at beaconvision.org or call 01902-880-111. Meet the staff this month is Yvonne Pillsbury. She has been a volunteer with Beacon on reception for about 18 months. Many of you have met her. She's a lovely lady and tends to work Tuesdays and Thursdays. When you come into our centre, she's the front of house. Her roles involve answering the phone, taking payments and generally dealing with any inquiries that come in to reception. The thing she enjoys the most is meeting new people because everyone is so friendly. She has also recently started helping out on the swimming sessions as well. When she's not at Beacon, she goes swimming two or three times a week. She enjoys eating out and also she has three dogs which keep her very busy. The picture of Yvonne is, shows her sat at reception. She's wearing a beautiful red jumper and is stood behind uh, Helena who is one of Beacon's receptionists. Whenever you're in Beacon reception, please say hello to Yvonne. Thank you. Sedgley Lifestyle Centre. We are open Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 10am to 3pm at our base in Sedgley. We run several activities each day, including cookery, crafting, pottery, computer work, gym sessions, listening to music, quizzes and reminiscing. We keep well hydrated with tea, coffee and water and we have the restaurant to attend to for a hot meal if we don't bring our sandwiches with us. We are lively, fun and love to have a laugh. Why not come and join us? for a trial day. Contact Beacons Reception and ask for more information. You can call us on 01902-880-111 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. Stourbridge Lifestyle Centre. 
Stourbridge Lifestyle Center is open every Thursday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. We are based in the Mary Stevens Center, our homely base. We are a small, friendly group that are looking for new members to join us. We love our different quizzes and listening to music from the 1940s right through to more recent chart toppers whilst enjoying a good cup of tea or coffee. We are lucky to have a wonderful cafe on site, so if we don't bring our lunch, we can choose from a variety of hot or cold dishes. We love to talk and communicate and chat about our pets, hobbies and trips out. Would you like to join us for a free trial day? Contact Beacon on 01902-880-111 and we can arrange it. It would be great to meet you. Hi everyone, it's Helen with some really exciting news that we have been desperate to share with you. Our family fund colour run to raise money for people impacted by sight loss is back for 2023. The event will be taking place at Wolverhampton's East Park on Sunday the 14th of May. It's 5k and it's suitable for all ages and as participants make their way around the route there will be four colour stations where they'll get a blast of brightness. Doesn't matter if you run, walk or even jump your way around. The most important thing is to have some fun. All proceeds will help our charities work and tickets are £6 for children and it's free for those under three, £9 for running club members and £11 for adults. Beacon's Support and Engagement Manager Sophie Higgins said, Our first ever colour run in 2022 was such a success that we're delighted to be bringing it back. It's such a fun event for all the family and we can't wait to bring a blast of brightness to Wolverhampton in 2023. If you or someone you know would like to sign up, head to Beacon's website www.beaconvision.org forward slash colour hyphen run. You can also give us a call on 01902 880 Participants can purchase a range of items to use on the day, including sunglasses, a t-shirt and their own colour powder packet if you want an extra blast of colour. And finally, just a quick reminder, there is still accommodation at Beacon Court. Beacon Court is located in Sedgley, just a short distance from Wolverhampton City Centre. We have parks, local shops and public transport links right on our doorstep, offering you comfort, security and convenience alongside the independent living and a wide variety of choices. Each home has its own front door, individual access card, two bedrooms, a store, a wet shower room a lounge with kitchen and appliances, gas central heating, UVBC glazed windows. Beacon provides a 24-7 care site on team to deal with any emergencies 365 days a year. And there's a pull cord in each apartment that you help raise an emergency. You also get a 30-minute-a-week wellbeing post call from either Suki or Amanda, and they help go through things like your post, paying bills, and just giving you some extra support. If you or you know of anyone else who might be interested, please call Bromford on 01902 882 170 to speak to the scheme manager. Regarding getting in touch with Beacon, we have our website, which is www.beaconvision.org, Facebook at Beacon Centre, Twitter at Beacon Centre, Instagram at Beacon Vision. Our main address for the building in Sedgley is Wolverhampton Road East, WV46AZ. Our centre in Starbridge is Mary Stevens Centre, 221 Hagley Road, Starbridge, DY82JP. And don't forget, if you want to opt out of receiving this newsletter, please contact The Beacon on 01902 880 111. Have a fabulous month.
Time now for brief history of April Fool's Day and the tradition of playing pranks on people on the 1st of April. The exact origins are unclear, but there have been some memorable tricks over recent years. TNF Soundings Features from across the UK Hello, this is Alan with an article about April Fool's Day written by Ada. The tradition of playing pranks on others on the first day of April, known as April Fool's Day, has been a long-standing tradition in many countries around the world. While the exact origin of the holiday is not entirely clear, it is believed to have begun in France in the late 16th century. One popular theory suggests that April Fool's Day originated with the adoption of the Gregorian calendar in France in 1582. Prior to this, the new year was celebrated from March the 25th to April the 1st, with the week-long festivities culminating on April the 1st. However, with the introduction of the new calendar, which moved the new year to January the 1st, some people either didn't get the message or simply refused to accept the change. These individuals continued to celebrate the new year on April the 1st, and were mocked and ridiculed by those who had accepted the new calendar. Thus, the tradition of playing pranks on April the 1st was born. Another theory suggests that April Fool's Day has its roots in ancient Rome. The festival of Hilaria, which was celebrated on March the 25th, involved people dressing up in disguises and playing pranks on one another. Some historians believe that this festival may have influenced the development of April Fool's Day. Regardless of its origins, the tradition of playing pranks on April Fool's Day quickly spread throughout Europe and beyond. In England, the holiday became known as April Gauk Day, with Gauk meaning cuckoo or fool. One popular prank in England involved sending unsuspecting individuals on absurd errands, such as to collect pigeon's milk. More recently, one famous April Fool's Day prank occurred in 1957 when the BBC programme Panorama aired a segment about a family in Switzerland harvesting spaghetti from trees. Many viewers believed the segment to be genuine and some even called the BBC to ask how they could grow their own spaghetti tree. In Scotland, April Fool's Day was known as Huntigauk Day with Huntigauk meaning hunting cuckoo. The most popular prank in Scotland involved sending someone on a fool's errand to deliver a sealed message that read, Dinner laugh, dinner smile, hunt the gawk another mile. In the United States, April Fool's Day became popular in the 18th century, with many of the pranks involving sending fake invitations to non-existent events or spreading false rumours. Today, April Fool's Day is celebrated in many countries around the world, with people playing pranks on one another both in person and online. In recent years, social media platforms such as Facebook and Twitter have become popular venues for April Fool's Day pranks. One notable example was Google's 2013 prank, which involved a fake Google Knows feature that purported to allow users to search for scents. Despite its popularity, however, some people have criticised April Fool's Day for promoting mean-spirited or harmful pranks. 
In response, many individuals and organizations have begun promoting kind pranks or encouraging people to avoid pranking altogether. Overall, the origins of April Fool's Day may be uncertain, but the tradition of playing pranks on one another has endured for centuries. Whether you love it or hate it, April Fool's Day is a reminder that a little bit of humor and lightheartedness can go a long way in brightening up our lives. TNS Soundings. Up now, it's trivia time. Brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Hello again everyone. For me being a local lad and with there not being a handy river close by, my childhood was spent down at the cut where I whiled away my day fishing or just gongoozling, which is the proper term for doing now, except watching the, the boats go by. Happy days, eh? But did you know that? The oldest working canal in the UK is about 1,900 years old. The Fosdyke Navigation, which runs between Lincoln and the River Trent in Torxey, was built by the Romans in around AD 120, and is still in use today. Extending 11.3 miles with one lock, the Fosdyke formed part of a key transport route from Peterborough to York. The longest canal tunnel in the UK runs for more than 5,000 metres, or 3.5 miles. The Standage Tunnel on the Huddersfield Narrow Canal is the longest, deepest and highest canal tunnel in Britain, built over 16 years from 1794 to 1811. It stands at 196 metres above sea level and is at a depth of 194 metres underneath the Pennines. Britain's longest aqueduct extends for more than 300 metres or a thousand feet. The awe-inspiring Pontecuthlit, as I pronounce it, aqueduct carries narrowboats on the Langollen Canal at a soaring 38 metres high above the River Dee and was designed by the legendary civil engineer Thomas Telford. The longest lock flight in the UK is 30 locks long. The tidy big lock flight enables Worcester and Birmingham Canal to ascend 67 metres over a 2.25 mile stretch. Built between 1808 and 1815, the lock flight enabled an extension of the canal from Birmingham to the River Severn at Worcester to be completed. And the longest canal in the UK runs for 137 miles. The Grand Union Canal links London and Birmingham via Milton Keynes, Northampton and Leamington Spa and would take about 74 hours to cruise the whole length non-stop. But it was not built as one waterway, but was the result of connecting existing waterways. However, the longest canal in Britain built as a single waterway is the Leeds and Liverpool Canal at 127 miles long. And believe it or not, canals have plugs too. Literally, in 1978, a group of British waterways workers who were dredging the Chesterfield Canal pulled up a chain which had a heavy lump of wood attached to the end, and the entire canal between Whitsunday Pie Lock and Redford Town Lock began to empty away into the River Idle, and they realised they'd pulled out a long-forgotten canal plug. Well, what a shock that must have been, and a few red faces caused by that fateful accident, no doubt. Messing about by the canal or river is a grand recreation, providing, of course, that you're careful and wear life jackets and have someone there who knows how to keep safe. In road up, I'm off. I'll stick to being on dry land nowadays. Till next week, then, I'll just say bye for now. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra! Up now, 
We had to hit what the web has in store for us. Brought to us as always by Mina. weather for this week ahead is forecast to be rather unsettled with a few brief sunny intervals but plenty of showers. Thankfully temperatures are forecast to remain mild averaging around 12 degrees but possibly reaching as high as 15 degrees as we move into next week. UV levels are expected to be fluctuated between low and medium as we go through the week and see longer spells of sunshine. As we have now moved into British summertime, did you all remember to put your clocks forward an hour on Sunday? Those experiencing seasonal allergies may wish to note that we will also begin to see pollen levels increase to medium too. The sunrise and sunset times are 6.30am for the sunrise and 7.40pm for the sunset. Friday 31st of March is forecast to be a mix of sunshine and light rain showers. Despite a gusty wind, temperatures should still reach a maximum of 14 degrees. The spell of wet weather is forecast to continue right through into the weekend. As the gusts ease, temperatures over the weekend will continue to hold up though at 12 degrees. On to next week and it will be a lot more of the same with plenty of April showers to welcome in the new months. It is forecast for rain to remain in the region on Monday 3rd of April and continue right through to Thursday 6th of April. The showers are forecast to be persistent but should ease off at times with possible sunny intervals breaking through. With just a gentle breeze all week, temperatures should continue to do well and we may even start to see some dry sunny spells of 15 degrees as we head into the Easter holiday weekend. So that's your forecast for this week. As always, enjoy the weather. Now, football news. Ian tells us the strange tale of Oxbarn FC from 1973, a Sunday league team given the red carpet by a German town when they were remarkably mistaken for the Wolves. As their battered minibus its rusted exhaust belching fumes entered the German carnival city of Mainz, its passengers, nursing hangovers from the boozy beer keller excesses of the night before, sensed something was awry, badly awry. Posters that appeared to adorn every street stirred the first feelings of unease amongst the ragtag band of green-gilled Sunday footballers. Can you believe it, said one, craning at a flyer through dirty windows. That's a coincidence. Wolves are playing here today, too. Panic, cold and skin crawling, surfaced as the bus edged through massed ranks of chanting supporters evidently marching to the same ground where Oxbarn FC, languishing in Wolverhampton Sunday League's 7th tier, had organised a kickabout with fellow devotees of Mud and Nettles pub football. It was to be the culmination of an alcohol-drenched stag trip to celebrate the impending weddings of two Oxbarn squad members. Loud expletives of disbelief surfaced as the dented bus pulled up outside what the players believed would be their opponent's park pitch. It was the 20,000 capacity stadium in Mainz, and long ribbons of supporters were already forming outside turnstiles. The penny dropped loudly, the thud hollow and harrowing. 
Oxbarn, a team that plied their trade on Wenlock Avenue's uneven turf, had become the unwitting victims of football's greatest blunder, a case of mistaken identity so bizarre there were once plans to make a big-screen blockbuster about the calamity. With World Cup fever rampant, Oxbarn's story is a strange, even surreal example of the perils and pitfalls that lurk in football's basement. Oxbahn had been pitted against SVV Mainz at the time in the Bundesliga's top division, and the honed athletes of SVV Mainz believed the pot-bellied pilgrims of football at its most part-time were mighty Wolverhampton Wanderers who had reached the UEFA Cup final the year before. They even laid on a marching band and post-match civic reception. The 1973 episode was of its time. Today, an age when social media has removed the shackles that bound overseas communication. It would not happen. Back then, Oxbahn posted a hopeful letter to the mayor of Mainz, an ancient city on the banks of the Rhine, inquiring if any local team fancied a game. Manager Ronnie Parker penned the request, starting the note, We are a team in Wolverhampton. The excited Mainz burger got the wrong end of the stick, translating the communication as we are the team in Wolverhampton. He believed the letter had been sent by wolves and made lavish, hasty plans for a sporting extravaganza. The result was a football David and Goliath clash like no other, but there was to be no biblical miracle for the Oxbarn boys. They were 10-0 down at half-time and had shipped 21 goals by the time the final whistle blew. They say Germans don't have a sense of humour, Oxbahn fullback John Shorthouse said decades after the drubbing. But in the second half, the crowd began breaking into ironic cheers every time we got the ball into the other half. Actually, they cheered when we made a successful pass. Speaking from his home in the sleepy Shropshire village of Beckbury, John, nephew of Wolves legend Bill Shorthouse, once again tasted the embarrassment of those tortuous 90 minutes. The taste was still bitter. They didn't cheer much, he said matter-of-factly, and to be fair, they stopped celebrating after the 14th goal. He had a lame excuse for Oxbarn's performance. It wasn't our strongest side. Some of our best players couldn't get time off work, and we'd been on the pop the night before. John, who is sadly no longer with us, recalled the terror that engulfed the ill-prepared team minutes before kickoff. He said, We just sat in silence on the bus, watching all these people file into the ground. Then someone piped up. We're going to have to tell them. I told everyone to keep their mouths shut. They rolled out the red carpet, really gone to town. Within minutes, perhaps seconds of the start, the truth became painfully apparent to SVV Mainz and their plans. Oxpan's false hope that they may give their lofty opponents a game were mercilessly dashed. They didn't ease off. They didn't take it easy, said John. They had a towering forward called Adolf. Seriously, Adolf. Who ran rings around us. I couldn't even get close enough to kick him. He was good. God knows how many he scored, but he hit the back of the net with one bullet header from outside the box and we just watched it fly in with what was that expressions, even the goalkeeper. It all proved too much for keeper Roger Titley, who possibly required long-term medical treatment for back injuries sustained through retrieving the ball from netting. When goal number 17 was hammered home, Roger's gallows humour surfaced. We trotted back to the centre circle and realised something was missing. The ball, John laughed. Roger had hidden it up the back of his jumper. He was just fed up with fishing it out of the net. The fans didn't get that. They didn't like that. Titley was not the only player to mentally unravel during the shambles. Quite a few of us didn't want to go out for the second half and needed a lot of persuading, said John. They were begging us, saying, you've got to do it. 
The post-match reception, featuring a lot of guests in a lot of gilt civic chains, did little to restore black country pride after a 21-0 loss. John admitted Oxbarn players sued the pain of the ceaseless punishment they'd received through alcohol. Lots of alcohol. Some were rolling drunk. Tell you what, John winked, we beat them at the drinking game, hands down. Those Mainz players couldn't hold their booze, probably because they were professional athletes. Mind you, one of our lads was sick on the bus. I remember standing swaying at a banquet table, heaving with food, and looking at these huge ham hocks that were piled up. I was wondering if you were supposed to take the whole thing or cut pieces off. This German defender, built like an outhouse, strode over, picked up a hock, slammed it on my plate, looked me in the eye and said, Eat, eat it all. I ate it all. Have you done any good at the quiz this week? Well, now's the time to find out, as we have the quiz answers. Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Feeling confident? How will you score? Let's see. Question 1. How old is the oldest canal in Britain? And the answer here is 1900 years old. Question 2. What is the name of the longest canal tunnel? And the answer here is the Stand Edge Tunnel. Question 3. Over which river does the longest aqueduct carry its canal? And the answer? The River D. Question 4. How many locks are on the longest lock flight? And the answer, of course, is 30. Question 5. What is the name of the UK's largest canal? The answer, the Grand Union Canal. And finally, question 6. What did a group of British waterway workers forget in 1978? And the answer here is that canals have plugs. How did you do? Great, I hope. But don't worry if you didn't get them all right this week, as I'll be back next week to test you once again. Bye for now. Are you ready to get moving? Well, let's hope so, because up now, we have the 10 Today Workout. Hello, everyone. This is 10 Today, a 10-minute set of exercises to do at home to help keep yourself active. Before we get to today's presenter, a couple of housekeeping points to note. The 10 Today project is funded by the Big Lottery and Sport England, and when you're doing the exercises, it's important that you don't push yourself too far, and by taking part, you agree to 10 Today's terms and conditions. You can read these terms and conditions at tnflink.uk forward slash 10T, and the 10T is the digit 1, the digit 0, and the letter T. And please remember that you agree to take part at your own risk. Today's exercises are brought to you by Peter, and here he is. Hello everyone, welcome to 10 Today, broadcast number 6, where we focus on stretching. This is a short 10-minute physical activity routine which will get you moving and stretching. It's great for your health, including improving your balance and building up your strength. Just take it at your own pace. There are plenty of options. 
If remaining seated, at least to begin with, it will be ideal if you can use a hard chair so that you can sit upright, preferably without arms, which can get in the way of some exercises. We'll start with your feet flat on the floor. OK, if you are standing up, just step your feet hip width apart. Relax your shoulders and stand up nice and tall. Take a couple of deep breaths. If you're sitting down, place both feet firmly on the floor, keep your back straight, relax your shoulders and take a couple of deep breaths. In, out, in, out. So, we are going to start with a calf stretch, so if you're standing, have your feet facing forward and step your right foot out in front of you with your foot flat on the floor and then bend into that right leg keeping your leg straight put your hands on your right thigh and hold this position feeling that stretch in the back of your leg if you're sitting straighten out your right leg and place your heel on the floor so your toes are pointing upwards keeping your left leg bent with your foot flat on the floor and put your hands on your right thigh and lean forward. You should feel that nice stretch in your straight leg. The important thing about stretching is that when you feel the muscles start to stretch, just hold it there. Don't take it any further. So hold that stretch for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now we're going to swap legs. So if you're standing with your feet facing forward, step forward your left foot and bend into that left leg, keeping your back straight. The weight should be on the left foot. And if you're sitting, straighten out your left leg and put your heel on the floor with your toes pointing up and then keep your right leg bent. Put your hands on your bent thigh and lean your chest slightly forward into the stretch. You should feel that nice stretch in your straight leg. Hold for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Next, we're going to do a hamstring stretch. Feet facing forward. Step forward with your right foot, placing your foot out in front of you with your foot flat on the floor. Keep this leg straight, then bend your left leg and put your hands on your hips and just lean the chest forward gently. Remember to keep your back straight. Whether you're sitting or standing, you should feel a nice stretch down the back of your leg. Hold for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Then return to an upright position and swap your legs. So this time, step forward with your left foot, placing your foot out in front of you, with your foot flat on the floor, then bend your right leg and just lean forward gently. Again, feeling that nice long stretch. Hold for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Next up, we have a few head and neck stretches. Starting with the head tilt forward, tilt your head gently forward uh, as if you're nodding. 
nice and slowly and then return upright and just do that a couple more times. So nodding nice and slowly downwards and return upright. Keep going slowly. So that should feel a nice stretch in your neck. And the final neck stretch, head rotation. Turn your head to the right slowly as if you're looking over your right shoulder then return to middle then turn your head to the left slowly as if you're looking over your left shoulder and just keep going looking from left to right slowly feeling that nice stretch in your neck so for this next one bend your right arm and bend it over your head so your hand is touching your back like you're going to scratch your back and your elbow is next to your ear with your other hand pressed gently on your elbow and feel that nice stretch in your arm hold for 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 then release then do the same on the other side so bending your arm over your head with your hand on your back and placing your other hand on your elbow and pressing gently feeling that nice stretch down your arm hold for 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 now we have the side stretch stand or sit up tall raise your right arm high with your palm facing up then lean slightly over to your left side nice and slowly feeling that stretch all along your right side try to keep your body straight and hold for 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 now return back to the center lean your left hand over and feel that stretch all the way down your left side and hold for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So the next one is a chest stretch. So open out both your arms to the side so that your chest sticks out a little and you can feel a nice stretch all the way across your chest. Just a little bit like a long lost friend is coming towards you and you are going to give them one big hug. So with your arms open wide, feeling that stretch across your chest. Keep holding here for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Next up is a trunk rotation. What we mean by your trunk is your upper body. Stand or sit up tall, straight back. Place your hands on your hips and slowly look to your left feeling your upper body rotate so bringing the right shoulder in front and return gently to center and then slowly look to the right bringing the left shoulder in front feeling your upper body rotate now keep going a few more times nice and slowly great work everyone if you're standing remember to keep your knees soft and the final stretch hugging a tree just hold your arms out in front of you just like you are hugging a tree directly in front of you 
Your arms form a nice circle in front and then cup your hands, putting one hand in front of the other and push your hands together, feeling that nice stretch across your shoulders and arms. Hold for 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now sit up or stand up and return to that nice relaxed posture we had at the beginning. Brilliant. So that's the end of the stretching session. I hope you feel loose and revitalised. Just to finish off, shake it out. So just shake those arms and hands, then legs and feet. Great work, everybody. Doing 10 today just three times a week can have a great health benefit. It's fun and you simply feel better. So keep going. So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish a happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902-880111. Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV46AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening, and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us, stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. Ta-ra!